to uh, to do something else, and I called him and asked him. And what I'm about to teach on is something that uh, that all the people of God should have down in their hearts and wrapped around their souls. How many of you know that God, His main objective, His main objective is to bless His people? But how many also know at the same time, even as powerful as God that we serve, it is very possible. Now, uh, I want you to, to take chew on this because you're going to say, how in the world can a God that we serve as big as He is, how can His hands be tied? God is bound by His Word. He is bound by His Word. His, he will never go against His Word. So when He sets something in stone, He will never go against it. And so when He says that He will do something for the people of God and He doesn't do it, it's only because that we didn't do what He asked us to do in the beginning. Maybe I should say it different. He wants to heal our lands. He wants to. He wants to save us. The Bible says it's God's will for all men to be saved. And why ain't it happening? I'm gonna, uh, let me read something, something we've always heard. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I, I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. He wants to heal our land. He wants to, to save us. He wants us to do great. He wants us to, to succeed in life. But he said, he said, I can't do it unless you, if my people, turn from their wicked ways. So, in other words, when I say God's hands are tied, it doesn't mean this great big God in heaven, He's up there and He's helpless. No, His hands are tied in our life because of our disobedience. Is that all right? Some people would, 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 would buck against that. So this morning, I want to, to bring to you this morning on, on something that is very near and dear to my heart. Hopefully I can share some things from my, from my childhood about, about giving. My father was one of the most giving men that I've ever met. And this morning, I want to talk about biblical giving, which is one of the most important things that we could ever have or do. And I believe that a lot of times, not just a lot of times, blessings in our life have been kept from us because we haven't given. I'll prove it. If you have your Bibles this morning, Luke 6 and 38, and then I'm going to go to Galatians 6 and 7. I have a lot of Scripture I'm going to read uh, throughout this morning. And uh, hopefully I can bake it through and give to you what God has, has laid upon my heart. Luke 6 and 38 says, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, and shaken together, and running over. Shall men give unto their, unto your, into your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet, with all it shall be measured to you again. Galatians 6 and 7 says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. That's the law of the harvest. This morning, I want to talk, uh, I want you to get it down in your heart, I want you to have an open heart, an open mind this morning, and uh, you may be seated. Hallelujah. 
one of the oldest truths that God had ever established besides His own word to Adam and Eve, which He did give this to Adam and Eve, when He said that if you sin, that you will reap death, that is the law of the harvest. It's, it's the oldest, oldest law that God had ever set. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. You reap what you sow. And this law was proven to be true in the Garden of Eden when God spoke to Adam and Eve and said, If you sow sin, you will reap death, which death was being a result of sin. If you you sow death, you will reap death. He who lives by the sword will die by the sword. If If you plant sin, you will reap the harsh reality of sin, which is death. If we plant life, we will reap life, and we will have life more abundantly. In the physical realm, we also find this to be true. If, if someone digs a hole in the ground and, and takes a seed from, uh, a cor- from corn and, and plants corn, uh, before long that the seed will break forth under the ground. It may take some time, but before long it will, it will begin to bring life and that seed will eventually grow up as a plant and produce more corn. It's the same thing as wheat. You can't plant corn and get wheat. You, can, you can't plant wheat and get corn. You reap what you sow. The same goes with, uh, with, with what we do in life. If we plant strife, we get strife. If, if we don't raise our children right, they'll, in return, they'll grow up and they'll raise their kids like heathens. I've seen it over and over. You reap what you sow. God forgive me for the things that I have done to my parents. There's things that I am reaping right now, Brother Robertson, from my sons that I, I done when I was a kid. And don't laugh, y'all, because y'all are the same. Some of the things y'all done on Halloween or whatever, you're going you're gonna to reap some of that stuff that you sown. Brother Davis? Brother Davis must have done all those things good because look at his kids are... It is foolish for one. <laughs> it, but it goes without saying. It is foolish for one to believe that he or she cannot take part in the goods of the harvest without first going through the time and investing in the in sowing the seed. One cannot expect. Now I want you to hear me this morning. One cannot expect to reap a harvest unless he first sows the seed. I don't want to get into this, but that's why I have a problem. That's what I have a problem with people. I'm not talking about people with physical disabilities or people that, that have handicaps or people that are really out there trying to work. I know some people in this church right now that they have, they have gotten up and, and blood, sweat, and tears to try to find a job. But there's so many people out there. The, the fall of this world is people that don't want to sow and then they want to expect to reap the harvest of everybody else that works. That's the truth. Our, the problem with our health care system, the problem with our health care system is there's too many people that are not paying and helping with the bill. 
or had paid over in time, you know, to, to get, to get health benefits. Uh, I, I'm, I'm just going to be very honest. I'm just going to do it. And he can whip me later. Pay, and pay all kinds of money for my health, health benefits and my kids and cost stinking $12,000 to put tubes in my ear, kids' ears. Twice. Two different times. $24,000 it cost. And it's because that there's a lot of people in this world that are not willing to invest and get, because, but they're, they want all the, the benefits of anybody else that has taken the time to sow. You cannot do that very long. Because you reap what you sow. I'm going to stop and I'm going to go on. <laughs> Acts 20 and 35. I have shown you all things that how, long, how that so laboring you ought to support the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus. How he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. I know a lot of people that like that other, they, they, they like to turn that around. They, they would rather to receive than to give. And the fact is that they will never reap the harvest of blessings that God wants to give them if they are not willing to take the time or the effort to give. When we think of blessings, we usually think in terms of getting or receiving. Much emphasis in, is put on prosperity by, the modern, by modern church movements and it is the desire of many Christians to get. I want to get, I want a better car. I, I mean, I'm driving a grandpa getter. My wife hates that car. We're thirties. We're in our thirties, and I we're driving a car that somebody. I uh, better not. Driving down the road, she she hates it. But you know, uh, I would like to have better, but I, I know better than to go out and dig myself in debt. And most people cannot give to the house of God because they dig themselves in debt and they're obligated to the world and they're obligated to their cars and their houses and then they say, well, I cannot give to the church. I better go on because I'm going to preach before I preach. The Full Life Study Bible mentions that the measure of blessing and reward we receive will be in proportion to our concern and help given to others. It is a biblical uh, principle mentioned in Second Corinthians that if we give generously, we will reap generously. However, if we give sparingly, we will reap sparingly, if not reap at all. Second Corinthians nine six through seven says, "But this I say: He that soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly." And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. But every man according as he purposeth in his heart. So let him give, not grudgingly, or out of necessity. Or God, for God loveth a cheerful giver. The first thing that God looks for in a man or woman to give is the attitude in which they give it with. It, it is... The fact is... That God really doesn't need your money. If the money system crashes in this country, which it eventually will, God's not going to go broke and He's not going to sit in a corner somewhere and be depressed because the money system broke down. He does not need your money. You need to give your money. I'll explain that later. His, the attitude behind one's giving will be it, it will be based on whether you give or, or get in return. Because you can give with a bad attitude. And you will not receive any blessings from that gift. Uh, 
I have to apologize. A few weeks ago, I preached and I mentioned the woman with the issue. Did I, I said the women with the issue of blood that gave the two mites, I think, or something. I messed it up. I got all excited and got my words all messed up. But I apologize for that. But it was the, 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 the woman that came through and she dropped her two mites in. Everybody else gave. Just, I mean, you could probably hear the gold hitting that. Just, just, just. Falling in there, it was just, they, they was throwing it down and you could hear it. And, and they would walk away with that pompous look and they was just, just arrogant. And, and God, God looks down and He says, uh, I'm not happy with it. I don't care how much you gave, I don't care how much gold you got. It doesn't, that, that's not what makes God happy. And here's this woman came, she gave two mites. Which two mites in that day was the least that you could give. She only had the least amount of requirement to be able to give. If she would have had one mic, she would have not been able to put it in. But she gave two, and God looked at her attitude. And He said, she gave more than you did. It doesn't say what kind of blessing that she got, but I can guarantee this that her blessing far exceeded the ones who gave so much more. It's not about how much you've got. It's not about how much you give. It's when you give sacrificially and give not with a grudge and not give because you feel like you have to because that was the second thing he said. Don't give out of necessity. And a lot of people, and I know how it is on the platform, we don't, uh, you know, when you're sitting out there and you, you don't have anything to give, you know, uh, it's not as embarrassing. But when you're on the platform and you're a preacher and you and you, my wife's got the money because she won't give me a an allowance and I don't have anything to give, it's embarrassing. It is. It's, it's embarrassing. But the fact remains, she gave. But I shouldn't be embarrassed. But I shouldn't feel like I have to give because everybody's watching me. That, if you give because everybody's watching you, that's your blessing. It was the same, same uh, uh, thing when the man was praying loud by the wall. He was just praying. And when Jesus said, well, don't pray like that. And when you pray, don't pray that everybody's watching you. Show off. He said, that's their reward. Their reward was to be seen. And a lot of people only give out of necessity because people's watching them. They give out of, they, because they feel like they have to. And it becomes a tradition. And it's not, it's, it's not out of the joy of your heart anymore. It's just something you have to do. It's like I, when I have to pay my taxes. I hate it. Can I tell you how we should solve the problem in taxes in this country? They should, they should uh, vote me in as president. He, God said it in, 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 the, uh, in the Bible when he set the tithe. 10% tithe. Because everybody's got a tenth. And here I'm going preaching before I'm pre- supposed to preach. Can I, if, we, if they would just put a flat tax, 10%, everybody's got a tenth. If you got a dollar, you got a, a dime. If, if you got $100, you got $10. If you got $10, you got a dollar. Everybody should, it's the same sacrifice. Boy, I'm going to get in trouble here in a second. God. He probably ain't going to ask me to do this no more. When we give cheerfully and generously, we are planting the seed and will reap a, a greater blessing 
than the ones who give grudgingly. Perhaps this is why in some of our churches we shout offering, when we shout offering time, we hear, sometimes hear the response, it's blessing time. There is nothing wrong in investing in the, in the house of God and, and, and in need of a blessing, knowing that you need a blessing. But if that's the only reason you give, it's wrong. But if, 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 that, if that was wrong, he would have not given the scriptures out, give and it shall be given unto you. He would not have done that. I, I, I'm investing in the house of God. And, and I know that if I give, that God is going to bless me. And I grew up, I grew up being taught, in, uh, I've heard it before, that it's wrong to give that way. That it's wrong to give ex- expecting God to bless you. Now, it's all an attitude. I don't think it's wrong expecting God to bless you. But, right, that's not the only reason we should, we should give. But, uh, but we should not, we, we should not worry, uh, if we, I have a, I have a family member. He said, man, he said, when I need a blessing, he said, I, I, I talk to my wife and I'll, we'll, we'll find out a sacrificial offering, we give it. You can agree with that or not. But that same man's been sitting at home and someone walked up to his door and gave him a check. Or he's sitting at home and in the mail, a $4,000, $5,000 check shows up in the mail out of nowhere. Because he, he gave. And there's nothing wrong with giving that if that's not the only reason you give. We are giving our tithe, one-tenth of, tenth of, of income and offerings, praising God for His blessings and expect more blessings in the future. Sowing the seed, knowing that we will reap the harvest in the future. It will be true. It's truly more blessed to give than to receive because when you give, you will receive again. And if you give, you will never lack. You will never lack on getting. It is like a river. You give, you get. You get, you give. You get, you give. Constantly. I'm telling you right now, I, I have never been without. Never been without. And I am not standing up here telling you this, but we have never failed on giving our tithe. When we never had it. We didn't have it to give. I mean, we, we, we had bills. We, cars break down. Problems with our home. School. We've never not given, but we've always got. And it's unbelievable. Sometimes we, I look and I go, how in the world do we have this? Money. I'll never forget. I'll never forget. My when my father taught us, all of us children, to give. And uh, I remember offering. There was times we didn't have it. He gave us something to put in the uh, Sunday school offering. In Sunday school, and that's a thing of the past, right there. Do they still take up offering in, in the in the basement? But when I was a kid, I went to church and I. I wanted to give in the offering. It was exciting to me to get to give in the offering. And actually, actually, they they do, and I, I just I know they do. This is see. This is why I get nervous. But I remember, I remember. Uh, Growing up, and we, we, uh, my dad owned his own business. Man, this is, I hope it is. Somehow, we got so far 
behind, we, we lost our home. And uh, it wasn't his fault. Matter of fact, uh, it was a... This is going over the thing. It's all right. Um, we, we lost our home. And my father owned his own business. And it was a, a mess up on their part. Not my father's part. On the IRS. And they admitted in the future that they messed up. And we lost our home. But my father always gave. And he, he, he gave constantly to, to people I seen. He'd help people, but he'd, he'd help the church and he paid his tithe. All the, every time he got something, he paid his tithe. And I remember when we got our other house and it was just a pile of junk and we was in there working. And I remember as a kid tearing out little, uh, helping carrying trash. Couldn't do much, but I remember that. And I remember when we got to the extent that we had spent everything that we had I remember my parents sitting down in the living room, no heat, with, with uh, gas heaters, uh, kerosene heaters. And I remember my father and my mother praying, sitting there praying, said, we, we don't have the money to get our furnace worked on. We don't have this. What are we going to do? My dad said, well, we done what we were supposed to. We gave God all the blessings. And they sit there and they prayed. And it had to be 10, 15 minutes. There was a knock at the door. If I'm lying, I'm dying. Some man shows up at the door. He said, Mr. Hill, he said, you don't know me, but I know who you are. He said, I want to give you this. It was a check. And my, he, well, he didn't open it. My, my dad said, well, I, he said, who sent you? He said, that's not important. And my dad walked in the house and said, hold on, I'll be back. And he walked out and the man was gone. And he, there was no car sitting out the house. My dad's like, where's he go? So my dad went outside, and he walked around the house. There was nobody. He looked down the street. There was nobody. To this day, my dad believes that it was an angel. It was thousands of dollars. Thousands of dollars. So giving is like a river. It should constantly flow. And a lot of people's giving is like a stagnant puddle of water. And before long, it just rots and there's flies all over it. And it doesn't flow. And it's because the only way to make that river flow is to, to give. You reap what you sow. When you find yourself uh, in a financial difficulty, you need to ask yourself and be honest, have I given what I was supposed to give? Have I been faithful to God what is God's? Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. The Bible teaches us, teaches us that the love of money is the root of all evil. Money itself is not evil. I've heard that, I've heard that misquoted. I've heard people say that when people get new cars. You've heard it. Money is the root of all evil. It's bad. It's I tell you what, if it's evil, then you folks need to empty your wallets out here. All your credit cards. and Let's buy this building over here and just get rid of it. But the, it's, the Bible says that the love of money is the root of all evil. But the Bible also says money answereth all things. In Ecclesiastes, 
Ecclesiastics 10, 19. Some people become trapped in living for their money rather than using their money to live. Obadiah 1, 17 tells us that to possess our possessions, we must be careful not to allow our possessions to possess us. I, and I, that reminds me of when Jesus uh, was... Uh, was visited by a man that come to him and said, what must I do to be saved? And Jesus told him all these things. He said, hey, I've already done all these things. And Jesus said, well, if you want to be perfect, sell everything you've got and give it to the poor and follow me. And he said, I can't do it. And the reason that he could not do it, Jesus looked down into his heart and his spirit and read his mind and he knew it wasn't the possessions that this man had. It wasn't the Cadillac that Brother Fox drove. But it was, it, was, it was where his heart was. This man's heart was wrapped up in his things. And God knew, Jesus knew that his, his things was going to take him to hell. Because his things was his God's. It, his, it ain't nothing wrong with having possessions. The problem lay, lies when your possessions own you. And a lot of people don't want to give their money because their possessions own them. They don't own their possessions. That's one of the biggest tricks of the enemy that people think because they're, they're blessed because of their own accord and they're blessed because they work for it and their possessions begin to take possession of them. And so therefore, they aren't in control of their possessions. They're being controlled. That's another thing we should ask ourselves. If we have problems giving, ask yourself, is it because I'm being possessed by my possessions? And this evening, or this morning rather, sorry, I I hope to goodness that regardless how, how much I'm blessed in my life, that I'm not ruled by what I have. I'm not ruled by what I have. I, I want to be able to give and give, give without being gr- uh, with a grudge or given out of necessity. I want to be able to give with, and bless people. It has been said people will do almost anything for money. And money will do almost anything for people. God is really the one that owns the possessions. If you, if you put Exodus 19.5 behind us. Do you have that? Sis. Now therefore if any, or if ye will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. He owns it all. We don't own nothing. Say, I don't own nothing. Do you honestly think that piece of property is yours that you live on? You pay taxes on it. You quit it. You quit paying, and they'll take it. You don't own that house you, you have. You don't own the car that you drive. The fact is that God owns everything, Psalms 24 and 1. The earth is the Lord's, and the fullness, say the fullness, thereof the world and they that dwell therein. He owns it all. And Psalms 50, 10 through 12 says, For every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle upon a thousand hills. I know 
all the fowls of the mountains and the wild beasts of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell thee. For the world is mine and the fullness thereof. You don't own nothing. Everything you've got is given to you on loan. The silver mine and the gold mine, saith the Lord of hosts, in Haggai 2 and 8, we just just manage the resources that He provides for us. We are His stewards. A steward. Now listen, a steward. He commanded us to be good stewards. Is one who manages and conducts and directs the business of another. (laughs) I was telling Brother Robertson before church, why do we have such a problem giving somebody, giving him back his money? It's not even ours. He just gave it to us on loan and he's responsible. He's responsible just to give me back a part of it. And you can enjoy it. That's my money. This is mine. I'm going to give it to you. And I want you to give me out of the offering. I want you to give it cheerfully. And I want you not to be grudgingly. I don't want you to be, uh, I want, I don't want you giving it out of necessity because you have to. I'm going to give that to you. And all I ask for you to do is give me 10% back and your offering. But we have such a problem. It doesn't make sense to me giving back his money, just a portion, and we get to go out and eat Texas Roadhouse and blow the rest of it. And have four words. Give me back, Mom. Here, honey. Do you understand what I'm saying? So remember, I want you to remember every time you give in the offering plate, You're giving that one dollar back to Jesus. Man, when I was a kid, Brother Robertson, that's the same kind of money my dad gave to me when I went downstairs and gave him the offering plate in Sunday school. And we're, it's quarters now. Yeah, but these quarters are real nice. You've seen them. They got the little, oh, they look good. And they got the uh, Texas thing. But, but but the thing is, we never grow out of that dollar. And the fact is, we're never going to grow out of a, a bigger blessing. We're not going to have a bigger blessing. We always wonder why we're held captive in, a, in, 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 in our finances. It's because we're not being good stewards with His money. We're not managing His money. Faithfulness in handling money is necessary if we want God to give us more blessings. The way we spend our money is a true indicator of our priorities and the condition of our heart. Matthew 6 and 21. I also know a guy that he was, he was one of the best givers I've ever seen in my life. I've never, I've never met too many givers like this guy. I, he, just unbelievable. Made good money and gave 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 and gave. But the fact is, he gave in the wrong place. I'm trying to... If I have God's money, if I have... You got, you got any money on you? I don't have any money. You got any, just a couple dollar bills? Couple, just couple, I need a couple dollars. 
Okay. This is money that, that God gave me. Okay. Now, he's not. No, he's, he's second in command. He, he, he gave you this money and you gave it to me. You're just... Okay, and I don't want to embarrass you, Brother Eldar. Everybody knows you work. But he works hard for his money. I've seen him work. He's got a nice, soft chair. He's got. No, he's broke. He's broke and he needs money. I don't know if he's going to spend it on... And I'm, being jo- I'm joking here, okay? But I'm being for real. I don't know if he's going to spend it on cigarettes. I don't know. It doesn't matter. I don't care. And this guy, he needs money. But I gave. I feel like I've done my part. And this is God's money. I'm responsible for it. And then this guy here, he, 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 he's broken. He says he's got to pay his light bill, but he's too, you know, I'm joking. He's too lazy to get out of bed in the morning, and he will not go back. He won't go to work. And before long, I'm out of money, and I'm sitting here expecting a blessing. Okay, God, where's it at? I gave you this much money, and you gave it away. Oh, I gave. But he said, it's not good enough just to give. He said, I asked you to be a good steward and a good manager. And you didn't manage the money right because you knew good and well that guy right there was going to go out and blow it. And you knew good and well this guy doesn't work. So you invested my money in the wrong places. So I'm not obligated to give to you because being a good steward is just, just as important as the act of giving. So... But I know a man that should have a million dollars in the bank. And he doesn't have nothing. But he's given. And he's given. And he's given. And he's broke. Why ain't it working? You said if I give, I will reap. The fact is that being a good steward, I'm trying to drive this point home. Because we need to learn where to put our money and how to invest our money. It's not good enough to go give your money to a drunk on the street that's going to go out and buy whatever with. But I gave, I, you know, and I've seen it over and over. I've, I've seen people call here and call here and call here that, that need, they say, I need, I need gas money, I need this. And, and you, you feel bad, but then you give it to them and you don't know what they went out and done with their money by whatever. And then somebody comes in that really their children is starving and before long you're out of money and you can't bless them. So sometimes we just have to say, hey, no, we can't. And so it is so important that we give our money into the right places and invest our money in the right places. If you were going to go put your money in the stock market, you wouldn't just go do it uh, and, and ask no questions. You would say, what, what, what am I going to get, what, what am I going to get more for my investment? God forgive our us if we spend more money on food than we would the house of God. Put our priorities. Put our priorities. You know what? I, I, I'm going to have to admit it. I have. You can ask my wife. I'm. I'm, a, I'm so thrifty and a tightwad when it comes to shoes. I cannot 
hardly go out and buy a pair of shoes. And she's like all the time, I want go out and buy you some jeans. Go buy you some shoes. I said, I don't want to, I don't want to do it. But I have no problem for some reason going out and spending it on steaks. Or pies. I'm being a good steward. But but the 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 problem is here's here's the problem. I want you to re- think about this, and I'm I'm just bearing my heart to you this morning. I didn't. I don't have a problem spending it on food, but I don't want to buy myself any new clothes. It's a that's a mind thing. Same thing here. We don't have a problem spending 50 bucks at Texas Roadhouse, but when, when, when we get to church, we can't put a $10 bill in an offering plate. Now, if I'm telling the truth. And the money that is invested here is paving your way to heaven. In investing in your future. Not just your future, but your children's future. And the lights that stay on and the heat that is on in this place is for your comfort. And those padded pews are for your backside. And we don't want to, we don't want to invest. We have a problem. But we don't have a problem doing other things. Now I'm preaching to every single one of us. And I, I, I felt it in the Holy Ghost to teach this this morning, and I hope I'm getting it through. And, but God, God is, is, is holding back blessings from His people and from the, His church because the lack of giving His... You know what you do when you don't give? You're building a dam. You're building a dam, and you're on the other side of it where there's no water, and you're cutting off your blessings. And you're going to starve yourself, and you're going to starve your children. I'm telling you, I, I don't have nothing to gain here. I don't get paid for nothing. I'm telling you what God is wanting to do in His church. And the, He knows where our heart lies. You want to find the man's heart? You look in his bill forward in his checking account. Yeah, I know some people, You, if you whoop their kids, they don't care. But don't get in their checkbook. I I I'm, I I need to go on. I'm just I just feel like that God is wanting. He desires. He longs. He's ready. He's got his he's got his hand out like this with a blessing, and he's getting ready to drop it in your hand. But he says, "Okay, if my people will, I will. If my people can get will give." I can give, I can give, but I am bound by my word. I cannot let them reap what they don't sow. So I cannot give them a harvest. I remember, I remember I've told this story probably a hundred times, but some of y'all hadn't heard it, but I'm going to tell it anyway. I remember when me and Brother Williams was in Palau, and there was a man there. He was the most humble man that I have ever met in my life. Never met anybody more humble than this man. He 
just, he, he was such a loving guy. And I never, he worked, it was so hot over there, he worked and he carried his church shoes with him on church days. He carried his little lunch and his church shoes with him. And he walked to work about two miles, walked to work. And when he, it came time for him to come to church, you could see about 15 minutes, church was getting ready to start. He showed up in his work shoes, in his work shoes, and was working on the church. Five minutes before church, he would change his shoes into his church shoes. He didn't have any, any nice clothes. He changed, put, a, put on his church shoes and came in and got down and prayed. And when church was over and he prayed like crazy in the altar. And when he got up, he put his work shoes back on and went out and worked on the church until, until we drove him home. 30 minutes he worked. Sister Helga come up to me, Brother Robertson. He, she said, I want to tell you something about that man. As long as he's been here, he has never missed paying his tithe. She said, two or three days ago, I caught him eating dinner out of a trash can. Jesus. I said, what's he do with the rest of his money? He sends it back to the Philippines for his family so his kids and his wife can eat. And we dropped him off to his house. His little shack. With holes all in it. Looked like a doghouse. I'm not joking. I got pictures at home. Looked like a, a doghouse. Bigger doghouse. Holes all in it. Leaked. Lived in it with about five or six different people from his home, home country. And they worked to send money back. This man, when he stood, we had to drive all the way down the drive to pull around. Because it was a dead end. And we had to turn around. He stood there and bowed to us the whole time. Humility. And he understood. He understood. And when he gave in that offering, man, he was just miles. And he didn't have nothing. We want to build that building out there. It's going to take more than just working and bake sales. And I'm proud of it. I'm glad for you all folks. Just unbelievable. But when are we going to start giving? Man, I'm going to make somebody mad right now. It's okay. But this is biblical. When are we going to start giving? We gave time and work. But now, when are we going to start giving? And I promise you, when you do, God is going to bless you for it. Oh my, I, I just, I'm not trying to, I just feel this so strongly right now. That God is wanting, God is wanting to give His people blessings and God, but God is waiting for us. He is, we, is, we have been commanded to give the tithe. Ten percent. Everybody has a tenth. Heard people say, well I can't, I can't do it. Well he has, he makes $50,000 a year, he can tithe. It's just as much, now I'm going to listen to me. It's just as much for somebody with $50,000 to tithe as it is that somebody makes $18,000 or even $10,000 a year to tithe. It's silly to even think, or to, to even think of that thought. 
If I have ten cents, I have a penny. Well, if I had a million dollars, I'd tithe. When you have a million dollars and you write a hundred thousand dollar check, and you watch it go out of your bank check, it's the same exact, it's the same principle. That's why I believe that it would help our country if we had a ten percent tax. Everybody's got a tenth. And the fact is that the 100% of it is God's, and He just asks us. Not, not actually to ask, He commands us. He said, you rob me because you don't do it. He said, you rob me through tithing and offering when you don't give it. It's God's. How can I rob God? It's because I'm mismanaging His money, and I'm keeping His money for myself. It's His. Say it's His. And when we understand that principle, when we understand that it's His money, then we could understand, it'd be a lot easier for us to give Him our tithing and our offering. The word tithe means a tenth part. The tithe is one tenth of a person's income. However, tithing does not stop at our income. The Bible, uh, in Bible times, the tithe was also one tenth of a person's crop of, and fruit of, uh, of trees and, and, and everything that they had. They didn't have, I remember Brother Solvin said that he remembers people in the Philippines, they'd, they'd bring in the offering their chickens. You mean to tell me I'm going to give you my best chicken that lays eggs? I mean, they were, they were adamant about giving. They didn't have nothing, but they gave. If you don't have money, if you don't have one cent on you, you can still give. You can show up at the church and give your time. A lot of people don't want to do that in this day and age either. They don't want to give their time because they, you know, they've got other things to do. They too busy. You can tithe on your income, crops, animals, and even your... uh, I said, this I printed time twice, but Cain and Abel offered first fruits under the the Lord. Uh, They they gave. Cain Cain killed his brother, but he still gave. Cain did not kill his brother because because, uh, he was mad at what he gave, about what he gave. He was mad because God accepted... Abel's, Abel's sacrifice, a lot of times we get angry because, because we, we, we give and God doesn't accept the attitude behind it. I don't believe that God didn't accept Cain's sacrifice because of a blood sacrifice. I don't believe it. I believe that it was the intent of his heart. It was the way he gave it. I believe that he gave it out of necessity. That's just my... That's just the way I see it. I don't think that it was because it was a blood sacrifice. He worked and gave. He, he, you think God wouldn't accept the sacrifice that we give Him if we work hard? You think He would turn it down? It's the same way with, it was the same way with, with Cain. I don't believe that God turned His sacrifice down because it wasn't a blood sacrifice. I believe that He turned it down because the intent of His heart. It was out of, He gave it out of, out of, because He had to. So God turned Him down and He got angry. But He still gave. And look at the difference between both of them. One, their, their attitudes and their spirits is totally different. It has everything to do with how you give. The tithe belongs to the Lord. Failure to give the tithe to God 
uh, is robbery to God and attracts serious consequences. This sets in motion the vicious cycle of, of poverty that brings one from one degree of bondage to another. When we do not give in our tithe, we will suffer in our finances. It's a fact. In our churches, we see it all the time. We, we, see, we, see, uh, we see people suffering from their finances, and it's not because of anything except for being bad stewards and not giving. Uh, things that we can learn from Malachi 3 and 8. Go ahead and put that up there. I'm, I was getting ahead of myself. Will a man rob God? Question. Yet ye have robbed me. That's God talking. But ye say, Where, wherein have we robbed thee? Question. In tithes and in offering. Ye are cursed with a curse. When you don't pay tithe to God, you have a curse upon your life. Well, that's Bible. For ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithe into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house, and prove me, Now wherewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows. He said, I'll prove it. If you bring your tithe to me, I'll prove this. I will open you the windows of heaven and pour out you a blessing that there shall not be room enough for you to receive it. You will not be able to contain it. It will be bigger than what you could ever imagine. He said... You want me to prove it, give your tithe. And there's some things we learn. We, uh, from Malachi 3, 8 and 10 says, we can rob God by not giving our tithe and offerings to His work. Number two, if we do not give to God, we forfeit, cancel His blessings. We should bring tithes into the storehouse of church treasury. Tithe helps pay men of God. That's, that's his, this is part of His income. This man right here, he don't ever, ever, he's never off work. He goes on vacation and he's still getting texts and emails and calls from people. That, and this man, I'm telling you, I know from a pastor's standpoint, I grew up in a pastor's home. I never, and he's just like my father was. I remember my father getting up in the wee hours of the morning. Didn't matter what, if it was a holiday, I remember my father's Christmases, never was home. On one, one Christmas, all day he was gone. He was up at the hospital praying for somebody with a family that was lo- losing their child. That was where he was at. And we had people in our church that was, was ticked off because they had to give tithe because they didn't want to pay him. It, it was even said, Brother Robertson, why in the world I work for my money, why can't Don Hill work for his money? That was said, that was out, he said it out loud. This man never stops working. Keeping the lights on the purpose of tithe is to provide for the ministers of the gospel who work in the house of God. We should prove to God to prove prove God to see if his word is true, and it is true. When he promises blessing to those who give to his work, here is one of the few places in the scripture where God challenges us to try him in something. He challenges you. He's in your face. He said, I want to prove to you that I'm going to give to you. And this is what I want you to do. All you have to do is pay your tithe. And I'm going to prove to you. And then he says, I'm going to give you a blessing so great that you cannot even, you don't even have a place to receive it. 
I, I, I paid my tithe this past week. And I don't have a million dollars in the bank. But I tell you what I do have. I cannot, I could not thank God enough, Brother Robertson, that I have three little boys that are healthy. And I didn't have to sleep out in the ice and snow last night, Brother Robertson. A lot of times we lay tra- or we, 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 we base our blessings on God through greenbacks and money and, and checks rolling in and, and bigger tax checks. But it's not just that. He, he's, God's like the mafia. If we are good to Him, He's good. He protect our children. You better not mess. You better not mess with his family because it's the family. He's not like the mafia. I'm just kidding. God, you know I'm joking. You don't mess with the Godfather. But I am so blessed. I, I don't know I don't know how to describe how blessed I am. But we still find even as it doesn't matter how blessed we are as people we'll, we'll constantly want something else. We constantly try to search for something else. Sometimes we're not happy. But the fact is that if we could just just look at what God has truly done. I'm not talking about money. Forget money. Look around. Look where God brought you from. Look what God's brought men out of. Broken marriages. And I promise you that you will never outgive God. You will never outgive God. And if we could if we could gladly invest in the kingdom of God then God will open up the heavens and He will bless us more than we could ever, ever imagine. You try Him. I'm challenging you. It's not enough, though. Listen to me. It's not enough to just do it today. Oh, oh He preached it today. I'm going to get blessings. I'm going to do it today. And then Wednesday night comes around and you forget about it. God is after people that are faithful. Faithfulness. Let's stand this morning. I have more. I did get ahead of myself. I, I, I get excited when I begin to think about the blessings that God is, is going to pour out on His people. And, and God wants to do it. He wants to do it. And He cannot do it unless we first sow the seed. You believe that? He can't do it. Because God will not go against His word. We love you. I'm a, Brother Robertson's going to come up. I'm going to. I'm running out of time. God bless you. We love you.